There's a new record at one of mankind's greatest engineering feats, but it isn't good news. A severe drought ravages the western United States. The Hoover Dam in Nevada is seeing the lowest water level in its 85-year history. Behind the dam is Lake Mead, the largest freshwater reservoir in the entire U.S. Its nearly 9 trillion gallons are distributed to places as far away as Phoenix, Los Angeles, and even parts of Mexico, 40 million people in all. The western United States is in a drought, and it has been for two decades. Temperatures in the region also rising astronomically this week, part of normally temperate San Diego County reaching 117 degrees Fahrenheit on Tuesday. Our physical lives need water, especially in times of drought and heat. We also have a spiritual life, and that needs to be sustained too. Jesus offers us living water, which will never run dry, and he calls us to drink from it. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called In the Footsteps of Peter. Not only do we need water to survive, we need food as well. When Janet and I had kids at home in the house, we had a weekly tradition. On Saturday mornings, I would make French toast. Of course, the kids would help, maybe sneaking a swig of maple syrup straight from the bottle from time to time. It didn't matter if Friday night had been a terrible night, with kids disobeying and tears shed, Saturday would come, and there we'd be in the kitchen making French toast together. There was always something special about those times, especially when we had a bad Friday night. Saturday felt like a restoration, an opportunity to make things right and start all over again. Whenever I have French toast, I think about those meals in times past. Restorative meals also make me think of the Apostle Peter. I imagine he had a similar experience with Jesus. He had been a part of the most famous meal of all, the Last Supper, just hours before he betrayed his Lord. But only a few days later, he would receive the Lord's grace while having breakfast with him over a charcoal fire. I'm certain Peter never forgot those meals. In a moment, we're going to look at these meals in the Gospels, and we're going to see what we can learn from them. After all, we're all like Peter in one way or another. I really believe the better we understand his life, the better we can see our need for Christ as well. And that's exactly what David Suchet believed when he set out to follow in the footsteps of Peter. And in this documentary that we have for you, there's a powerful scene where he enters a courtyard that very well could have been the one where Peter denied Christ in. So where are we now? Well, this is a house which dates back 2,000 years my goodness. To the time of Peter. Wow. We're standing within the internal courtyard. Oh, my goodness. But it's tiny. I know, but this is the way they used to be. Sort of courtyard that Peter could have come into. I think so. I think so. But looking at this, uh, there's nowhere to hide, is there? I mean, there's no pillars, there's no 
he would have had to be very courageous. I mean, just assume for the, for the moment that you're Peter. Right. I'm a Roman soldier. You're going to walk in. I'm going to see you straight away, and I'm going to say, who are you? You know, what yeah. are you doing here? So he, he put himself into jeopardy. Yes, yes. So you could use some excuse. You could say, I'm a tradesman. You could say, I'm a family friend. You know, you could invent some of these sort of excuses, but he doesn't. No, but what's interesting, what you said was, the ideal thing for Peter to be able to say is, I mean, obviously, what are you doing here? He'd say, oh, it's just a friend of mine gone up there. I'm just waiting to see. But that's what he doesn't say. (laughs) He said, (laughs) when asked him, is is that man a friend of yours? He says, no. Yes. No, no, no. And Peter, by the time he came into this courtyard, was already, going through so many disillusions as Jesus keeps doing things that Peter feels is not right for the Messiah to do. This was a person who was going to usher in the end of days. Absolutely. And that's the end of it. So what does he get? Why is he having these arguments with yes. uh, Caiaphas? This, I think, mystified him. I think Peter was, was uh, confused. He was confused about this. And that's why he hung around in this kind of sort of small courtyard, yes. you know, trying to puzzle things out. David Suchet, on location in Israel, filming in the footsteps of Peter. I want to send you this two-hour-long documentary that will take you to many places Peter worked and lived. And as you follow in his footsteps, I know your faith will be greatly encouraged as you see how God used an ordinary man like Peter to share and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Call us after the program. Make your fiscal year-end gift to help us reach our budget goal and to keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. The number you can call is 800-654-2836. 865-HAVEN. Or come to our website, watch the trailer from the documentary, and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. In the footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get in the footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that in a special bundle with the Peter documentary for your minimum gift to the ministry. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you go online. And now let's start our time together. We're going to hear a song from Chris Tomlin. Faithful, forever you faithful.
The song by Chris Tomlin is called Faithful, here in a haven today called In the Footsteps of Peter. I'm Charles Morris. We're following in those steps of the Apostle. We're looking at key moments from his life, and we're learning how we can follow Jesus better. Peter had great successes, but he also had great failures. His betrayal is one of those, but it opened the way for an amazing display of grace from the Lord. We hear about a lot of dinners the Lord Jesus shared with others, even some lunches, but only one breakfast. And it's found at the end, the final chapter of the Gospel of John, chapter 21. This is after Jesus was betrayed by his friend Judas, after he was abandoned by all his disciples, after Peter had denied ever knowing him. These few moments are key to understanding just who Peter is and how the Lord saved him and turned him into a powerful witness. Peter had already heard Christ's words at the Last Supper, that he would be left alone. He was sure he would abandon Jesus, but there he was. He was standing outside the high priest's house, warming himself by a charcoal fire, John had already gone in because he knew the high priest, and he was going to bring Peter in, too. You weren't also one of his disciples, are you? That was the question. Peter had no reason to deny it. John didn't, but Peter did. He swore that he didn't know Jesus. In Jesus' hour of need, he abandoned his Savior. Peter, a great rock and leader of the church, betrayed Jesus in that moment, and Jesus knew that he would. Remember the words that Jesus spoke to him in the upper room back in Matthew 26, 34? This very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Jesus knew he would, yet he didn't abandon Peter. This is something we forget too often. The Lord knows all our sin, even sins we haven't committed yet, and still he loves us. If anyone had reason to believe their sin was just too much, it was Peter. And maybe Peter was believing that until a few days later, after Christ went to the cross in our place, and he rose from the grave and began appearing to his disciples. It was there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Peter had a meal with Jesus that undid his betrayal. The story comes from John 21. Peter had denied Christ shortly after supper, but Jesus was determined to restore Peter shortly after breakfast. Peter and some of the others decided to pick up their fishing nets again. All the way back at the beginning of the Gospels, Jesus had issued that call, Come unto me. Come behind me, literally, and I will make you fishers of men. He called Peter the fisherman to drop everything and follow him. Peter put down his nets, but now that he thought Jesus was gone, he picked them back up. We do this kind of thing, don't we? When we follow Christ just far enough to be disappointed, the disciples expected victory right away, 
And when Jesus died, it shook them to the core. Think of Peter. He betrayed his Lord. And he had been sitting in that guilt for days. He was downtrodden, maybe in despair. He picked his nets back up. And just like Jesus did when he called Peter the very first time, he performed a miracle. Peter couldn't even lift the nets. They were so full of fish. This wasn't just a moment of Jesus making sure there was something to cook for breakfast. It was Jesus recalling Peter, calling him once again to lay down your nets. Follow me. Peter's reaction was exactly what it should have been. He left the fishing net behind. He left the fishing boat behind. He swam to the shore to see his Lord. And for Peter, this was only the beginning. Christ was replaying Peter's relationship with him, the fish, the nets, the call to follow. But he was also bringing Peter back to the night of his betrayal, sitting there next to Christ as Peter rushed up to see him. There was this fire, a similar charcoal fire that Peter warmed himself by as he denied ever knowing Jesus. Peter would have recognized it immediately. The symbolism, he had seen this before. But do you know this man? The question would have flooded back into his memory. Three times he denied Jesus. This charcoal fire was a sign for Peter. And Jesus certainly knew it. And it's a reminder for us as well. We all remember a time betraying our Lord, sinning against him. We all remember the pain of realizing what we have just done. This charcoal fire was a reminder. The Lord was there, and the Lord knew. He saw it all. And yet Jesus extended grace to Peter. He made him breakfast, and he restored him over a meal. The same fire that represented Peter's greatest sin, was about to become the place of Peter's redemption. Instead of turning his back on him, Christ invited him to have something to eat, to laugh, to enjoy being together once again. And he does the same to each of us. No matter how deeply we've sinned, the Lord extends grace and welcomes us back. I hope you believe this. Have you learned this? like Peter did that morning? What is it about this meal that speaks volumes to our own hearts? Is it the fact that Jesus came early in the morning, just as day was breaking? He didn't give his disciples an opportunity to leave that shore without encountering his marvelous grace. Is it the fact that he provided Peter an opportunity to drop his nets once more? Peter had forgotten Christ, betrayed him, what it mattered most. Yet Christ never forgot Peter. And he never forgets us either. He calls us back as well. Put yourself in Peter's footsteps for a moment. He betrayed Jesus. He was riddled with guilt and shame. And Jesus didn't even mention it. Didn't have to. How gracious and patient our Lord is. He simply forgave Peter and then restored him. Now, if you're listening to me right now and you feel like Peter, you're too ashamed or guilty to come to Christ, this story is for you. Christ already knows what you did. He knows who you are. 
and he opens his hands even now. And those hands are scarred, nail-scarred hands that tell us how deep his love for us runs. Don't let your sin become the source of your despair. Instead, hurry back to Jesus. Tell the Lord all about it. Confess it to him and tell him that you love him. He's always faithful to welcome us back. It's a meal Peter never forgot. And it's a meal you and I desperately need. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful today, yesterday, and forever.
Sarah Groves, and he's always been faithful here on this Haven Today. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to join me here on Haven Today. Earlier, we heard an excerpt from the documentary called In the Footsteps of Peter, and we heard David Suchet as he visited what very well could have been the courtyard of the high priest the night that Jesus denied Christ. The moment is powerful when you actually see it as well, because you better understand the physical world in which these real events happen. And when you watch this two-part documentary series, you'll know the story of Peter and Jesus even better. I'm David Suchet, and I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history, a simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. Wow, look at these! We know him as St. Peter, mentioned more times in the New Testament than anyone except Jesus. Peter's character and what motivates him has always intrigued me. In this series, I'll be uncovering fragments of tradition and half-whispered traces of Peter's life, revealing surprising new discoveries and theories about the man who shaped a faith that came to dominate Western civilization. Originally produced for the BBC, In the Footsteps of Peter is hosted by British actor David Suchet, the same actor who played Hercule Poirot on the BBC in the mystery series and who narrates the Jesus Storybook Bible. I know that as you watch this film, your faith will be encouraged to see that if the Lord could take a simple fisherman like Peter to bring great revival to the world... He could use you and me as well. Call us right now and make your fiscal year-end gift to Haven today, but ask for In the Footsteps of Peter. Here's the number, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch the film's trailer. You can make your gift then for the DVD at haventoday.org, Haven Today. And remember, if you want both In the Footsteps of Peter and In the Footsteps of Paul, two documentaries, one we released last year and then the other one we have this year, we have both DVDs in a special bundle for your minimum gift. Ask about it when you call or read more when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The writer of Psalm 133 says that unity among God's people is like precious oil poured on the head. That's another way of saying that unity is like a special anointing. That's what oil was used for in the days of the Old Testament. All the prophets, priests, and kings who were anointed back then received that oil as a symbol of God's Spirit being with them. It's no wonder then that Ephesians says that unity in the church is through the Spirit. 
In divisive days, it's so important for the church to be unified. Let's receive that anointing. Let's live out our unity. Jesus prayed for that oneness the night before he died and accomplished it the following day. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.